don't care who knows From shooting hoops to the Super Bowl We like sports and we don't care who knows Football, 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 tennis, hockey Absolutely the most legitimate sports talk program on 1027 ESPN. It's the Almost Sports Show with Jason Dick and C.J. Morgan. Join the conversation at 512-834-1027. Now here are Jason and C.J. Yes, welcome to the program. I'm your little captain friend, C.J. Morgan, hosting today. Uh, Nick, he's out doing stuff. Jason, and he is sick. He's not feeling well. And even all the NyQuil in the world couldn't tussle him from his rest. But hey, man, get well soon. You're going to need it. And all of you, I'm going to need you because, yeah, I, I, I'm alone today. We have a lot to talk about. Uh, I'm going to address the Jerry Jones controversy. Uh, that was brought up to the press yesterday during a press conference, obviously, uh, by LeBron James. And that's it's a really interesting thing to get into, so I want your opinion on that. Speaking of opinions, it is your turn to participate in Hot Take Rodeo. You got a hot take? I want to hear it. I want to know it. The number, as always, 512-834-1027. Don't be shy. I won't bite. But if you know my history, I probably will. So uh, at Almost ESPN Radio on Twitter if you want to reach out there. Uh, We're going to start, by the way, with a World Cup update. I know what you're thinking. CJ, it's soccer. we got to talk about UT football and Cowboys, which we will get to. But first... A little update of what's happening. First and foremost, United States advancing to the tournament in the knockout phase. If you're sick of ties, guess what? None there. Extra time. Penalty kicks. Uh, Also, a lot of confusion about how the group stage and tiebreakers work. So I'll try to break that down. But why should you care? Again, uh, the United States advancing to the knockout tournament. The round of 16 by beating Iran 1-0. Had Iran scored at the end and then became a draw, or had the United States lost, they would not advance because there are strange tiebreakers. The way these football, soccer tournaments work, especially in the World Cup, uh, you have a group, and there are four teams in the group. Everyone plays each other once. If you win, you get three points. If you tie, you get one point. If you lose, no points are awarded. The top two in the group with the most points advance. And then there are tiebreakers. The first tiebreaker is how many goals, your goal differential, how many you've scored versus uh, how many have been scored on you. And then the tiebreakers keep going different things, lower and lower and lower. Uh, So the United States, in order to advance, had to do, had to win in order to move on. Yesterday with Mexico, that was a lot more confusing. And I'll explain that because uh, even though Poland lost, 2-0 2-0 to Argentina. They still advanced instead of Mexico, who won 2-1 over Saudi Arabia. And here's why. Poland and Mexico, during the match, when it was uh, 2-0 Argentina over Poland and Mexico 2-0 over Saudi Arabia, they were still in the standings tied. Each, If the result had finished like that, uh, Poland would have got zero points. And Mexico would have gotten three, which would have put them in a tying position. The tiebreaker, points scored versus points allowed, uh, was also equal. So what happens? What's the next tiebreaker? I think there was one that they were still tied on. And then it came down to uh, what's called fair play, which means how many yellow cards, red cards, you lose points for that. So Mexico was actually down in fair play, meaning they had to win 3-0 or Poland had to lose 
3-0. Basically, Mexico had to score another goal to guarantee they would advance, and they tried. They they started attacking. They put up uh, four attackers, and unfortunately, Saudi Arabia, uh, at the very end of the match, scored a goal. So there you go. Basically boils down to the weird tie-breaking system. I guess it's not that weird. you you got to have those when it comes to one team moving on, one not. But it's going to be so much simpler in the tournament because whoever wins moves on. Uh, in football, you get extra time, which is uh, two halves, I believe 15 minutes each. And then after that, it goes down to penalty kicks. So there you go, America. No more ties. But the United States taking on Netherlands this Saturday. And that's huge. That's exciting. Um, they could win. They actually could. And looking ahead... If Argentina beats Australia, that means Lionel Messi will be taking on us, the U.S. But today, another big uh, uh, chunk of matches in Group C kicking off at 1 o'clock at the same time. You have Spain versus Japan and Costa Rica versus Germany, all four of those in the same group. And what makes this interesting is there are scenarios where every one of those countries could advance or could not advance. Even Spain, who is the favorite to win it, and who currently tops the group, who has scored the most goals overall. I think their goal differential is seven, meaning they scored eight and had one scored on them. So uh, anyone could advance. Even Germany, who's at the bottom of the group with only one point. Even Costa Rica, who has beat 7-0 by Spain. Anything can happen, and that's why it will be fun to watch and pay attention to that, because the teams know, the coaches know, as the two matches are happening simultaneously, uh, who might go on and who won't. Again, that's at 1 o'clock on Fox. Japan taking on Spain. Costa Rica taking on Germany. And the fun thing about this, or maybe frustrating, but it is kind of fun that your team can still win and uh, you won't advance. Or your team could still lose, uh, I think in Spain's case, for one, depending on how bad or whatever you lose or how good you lose, I guess. Or even your team could tie. But yeah, you could lose and still advance, tie and still advance. Uh, So this is a very unique uh, uh, time in the World Cup, especially with group uh, this group consisting of, again, Germany, Costa Rica, Japan, and Spain. Because any one of them could go through. Only two get to go through, two go home. But any of those four today in the final matches of the group stage will proceed. Who will it be? Uh, We'll find out a little later on today. Also, uh, earlier, Croatia, Belgium, uh, Canada, who who is already you know eliminated before this, and Morocco. We'll get back uh, into soccer a little later because uh, we're going to have some soccer experts call in and discuss their thoughts and feelings on the World Cup. And you know, enough with the hate for soccer. I get it. You like football. You like whatever. Soccer ain't American, but it really is becoming more and more a part of our our, our culture because so long in our region, which is the Concaf, which uh, you know the the primary countries in our uh, uh, categorization, our region of the world, uh, Mexico would be the top. And then you kind of have the United States, you have Canada, you have Costa Rica, you have Jamaica, you have a lot of other countries in there, but those are kind of the 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 main um, power players. And now with Mexico losing yesterday, um, or actually they won, but they lost out on advancing Uh, This is the first time Mexico has not advanced in the World Cup since 1978. Uh, Their coach was fired yesterday. It was a huge disappointment for Mexico, for Ochoa, one of of my favorite goalkeepers to watch. And and overall, even though Mexico beat my favorite team in the last World Cup, Germany, they're still a fun country and a fun group 
to have in the World Cup. There are neighbors. There are my coworkers. There are people who root for that team that are so fun and so passionate. And it's just one of those countries you don't want to see knocked out. But again, they're gone. First time it has happened since 1978. Uh, they were banned briefly, I think, from uh, um, participating in the 90s. I think 1990. They're out. And Canada, you know, they're out also, but they're they're starting to look up. They've got a lot of good players. They've got a building program. And now, to sum up my point, the United States is becoming a soccer country. More and more young athletes are gravitating towards soccer. More and more players in the collegiate and then the professional level aren't just playing in the MLS or going on to sell cars at a dealership or become a realtor, whatever it is you do after uh, your sports career ends after high school or college. Um, they're moving on to to play, yeah, in the MLS, to play professional soccer, but also overseas. So many of the guys, uh, most notably, most famously, you know, Christian Pulisic on uh, the United States men's team uh, playing overseas and not just playing and kind of being the backdrop of the team like occasionally you might have seen uh, some other U.S. stars be. Uh, he he is a pivotal player uh, right now with Chelsea in the Premier League, a very popular, massive, global, and uh, English uh, team. So the United States is becoming a soccer sport. I'm not saying you have to go all in on it, but at least in the World Cup, when our country is out there on the pitch representing, you should represent them too. Do you disagree with me? I'd love to hear your opinion at Almost ESPN on Twitter or 834-1027. We can chat anytime you would like to chat. It's what this show's about. Open, fun conversation. And of course, I'm your host, your little captain friend, CJ Morgan, uh, Jason Dick, out sick. Nick off uh, gallivanting around the world, having fun, and literally no one else. I couldn't find anyone to host with me um, because, you know, Jason was kind of so-so. He's been sick. I uh, wake up this morning and him and Nick had given me an, enough advance. I knew Nick couldn't fill in today just in case who, you know, is my preferred co-host because we've done so much co-hosting together on various shows. Uh, so it wasn't unexpected that Jason was sick. And again, dude, I don't want someone, you, Jason, coming in when you're not feeling well half-assed because that might get me sick and your brain's not there. So stay home and rest. Uh, but whenever I got this message really early, I started emailing uh, people, you know, finding other folks that could co-host that are comedians, that are co-workers, that are sports enthusiasts, uh, uh, people of note around Austin. So I sent out all these messages and emails, uh, go back to sleep for a little while, wake up and realize I'd actually gone to sleep right after I found out Jason wasn't coming in and didn't message anyone at all. So now two hours later, I'm trying again to scramble and find people to come hang with me. But you know what? Hopefully I can do this on my own. And it won't be on my own the entire time. Uh, Patrick and Brandon from the bullpen, they're moving up to the starting rotation. And, of course, you, you, you can also be the star of the show, specifically later on with Hot Take Rodeo. Uh, we're going to come back in a little bit, but don't you go anywhere. Because, unpopular, uh, I want to talk about the sports I love. I love all sports. I care about all sports. Fantasy football squares i run all that here at the uh, radio station but soccer and nba probably two of my biggest things um and <sighs> the nba is very weird right now but it's exciting to watch we made they made history last night history and my favorite player also making history 
but maybe it's just not damn good enough. We'll be back. Almost Sports Radio on 1027 ESPN. The Almost Sports Show with Jason and CJ. Weekdays 11 to 1 on 1027 ESPN. Life goes on without me because Today, Jason Dick, sick Nick, out doing whatever. Everyone else, hopefully, just listening to this program. 834 1027 if you want to participate at almost ESPN Radio on Twitter if you want to weigh in as well. In fact, I'm going to need you later today because, like I said, Jason's out, but we have Hot Take Rodeo, and you have to call in and give me your hottest, hottest hot take. Plus, we're going to do another draft. I'm guaranteed to win this one. Unless you beat me, uh, because Thursdays, yeah, they are draft day. Uh, but first, let's get back into my thoughts on the college football playoffs. Now, it's well known that I am not a fan of advancing to 12 teams, which will officially happen. The Rose Bowl has agreed to a deal allowing the expansion to 12 teams. Now, earlier in the year, when we first started the show back in June or July, before the lightning strike destroyed one of our studios, uh, I think it was Nick um, that brought up the rankings from the year before. And we went and looked at them. And sure enough, after the top six, maybe even eight, definitely not the top ten, but the competition and the teams there steeply fall off. I don't know if I want those teams in any sort of tournament. Now, I know what you're thinking. Well, uh, play it out on the field. That determines who's the real championship. But often tournaments are not indicative of who is the best team. You do have outliers. You do have underdogs, which we all love. I love a good underdog upset story, except for when it's against my team. But as Jason has mentioned, he liked the BCS when there were only two teams that were clearly the best. But the problem is, is then occasionally you get undefeated TCUs, undefeated Auburns, undefeated whomever that are at the number three and four spots. So now we've moved into the playoff uh, phase, which I do like. Four... Mm, a little a little too short, but we started the experiment. And instead of jumping to six, which was my thoughts, you have the number one and two get a bye, and then you add uh, three, four, five, and six, playing each other in the first round and, and going on from there. We've jumped right to 12. And why? We don't need 12 teams in college football playoffs. I know the reason. I mean, it's money. It's why we have so many damn bowl games with six and seven or whatever teams with bad, bad teams playing. And sure, it's fun to watch any random game uh, in college football at the end of the year. You're at home already enjoying the holidays for December. So, yes, lots of football. It's fun. But the same people that love this stuff are the same that bitch about everyone gets a trophy these days. What's it going to be like everyone's getting a trophy? Too many ball games and too many teams are now going to be allowed in the college football playoffs um, should the system be tweaked to, you know, allow some some outliers, some really good teams that, you know, just don't play as much uh, good competition or or don't have the the big scheduling of a different conference rival and and powerhouse team in the first couple of weeks? I I, I don't know, but the point is, twelve is way too much. Six is absolutely ideal. And if you don't believe me, go look 
back at the college at the end of the year college football rankings and tell me that eight through twelve deserve to be in a bracket in the playoffs. And it's it's football. You get busted up. Like it's easy to do with college basketball to have a tournament to have a bracket, but extending it out, this is just a money power grab, and it's gonna water down and dilute the honor of winning the college football championship. My proposal, and maybe down the line you jump it to 8, and then you jump it to 12 and 16, and who knows? It's like decimal scoring in fantasy football. You can always add another level. So, you know, you got to pick the cutoff and stick with it. But to go right to 12 is just stupid, and to me it's an obvious money grab. 6 is ideal. That would give us this year, barring the dumb conference championships, which we'll get into, that would give us Georgia and Michigan on a bye if things hold up, uh, TCU playing Alabama, and USC playing Ohio State, the winner of those then going on Michigan-Georgia, and then the winner of that in the the championship. That, to me, seems more fun. Those are all teams that deserve to be in the conversation, that deserve to be in the playoffs. I would even say number 7, Tennessee, Sure. Number eight, Penn State, not so sure. Number nine, Clemson, not so sure. But after that, it drops off. Kansas State, Utah, both in conference championship games, both nine and three. But should they be in a playoff for the college football championship? Absolutely not. Uh, Washington, Florida State, LSU, Oregon State, uh, all all in the realm. Uh, Washington at 10 and two is is the best of the lower tier teams um, placing number 12. But it's just... It muddies the waters. And so do you agree with me? Am I crazy? Is this dumb? Part of me, the base part is like, yeah, more football, the better. Hell yes, I love it. But the practical part when it comes to determining who is the best team that year and what is the best way to do this says, no, um, 12, 12 is way too many. It's dumb. Six seems to be the perfect number for now. And then if we find another way, once we have these mega conferences expand, and speaking of conferences, you can weigh in, by the way, 834-1027 anytime during the show at Almost ESPN Radio. Speaking of conferences, we have the top four teams guaranteed to play in the college football playoffs to play for a championship, a historical moment, something that could make a program, turn them into a powerhouse. going to get into the college football playoffs how you ask well it's simple sure they're the best teams three of them michigan tcu georgia are undefeated usc stormen ending the end of the season 11 and 1 but they could all possibly not make it to the college football playoffs and they are clearly the four best teams we can make an argument about ohio state sure uh, but they were pretty well handled by a busted up michigan team at their home, the shoehorn. Anyhow, those four teams, the top four, guaranteed in the college football playoffs, or are they, all have to play a meaningless conference championship game. It's meaningless to them. Why? Because they're going to the college football playoffs. That is the big trophy, not your damn conference trophy. Whereas to the underdogs, to the crap teams they're playing, uh, Georgia taking on LSU, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Michigan is playing Purdue. TCU is playing Kansas State. USC is playing Utah. Uh, teams in the lower tier, um, not even all in the uh, the the top ten. 
they have those teams care about winning a conference championship because that is the pinnacle. That is the peak. That is the best they can do this year. Sure, winning a bowl game, but it's not going to be a big goal, bowl game. There, it's the, a win would not vault any of the underdogs, any of the second teams in their conference championships. It wouldn't do enough to put them in the top four. However, a loss to Georgia, Michigan, TCU, or USC, a loss could knock them away from that. And who's especially risky uh, is TCU and USC. Because TCU, even though they've gone undefeated in the regular season, have looked shaky at moments. Uh, They've had a, a suspect defense, but it doesn't matter. They've done the job. They've gone undefeated. They deserve it. And I think even a close loss to Kansas State will knock them out of the top four where they're sitting at three. And I don't think... That should happen to them. I don't think that's fair. Uh, Same with USC, a close loss to Utah, and you're not going to see them in the top four. What are you going to get? Probably, instead of a one-loss TCU, definitely a two-loss USC, you're going to get a two-loss Alabama because we all love Alabama, and it's not the playoffs. Without Alabama, grow back to Greenbow, Alabama. Ohio State, uh, probably deserving of jumping if you see a TCU or USC loss. But uh, Georgia... If they lose bad, they could be out. And they're the consensus best team this year. But all it takes is one bad sloppy game or an injury, and they're out. They're done. Doubtful, though. Doubtful. I think they uh, could weather the storm the most. Uh, Michigan, a lot of injuries. Uh, They're going to play a Purdue team who is playing for a lot of pride. The Boilermakers want this. They want that conference championship. But to Michigan, it's not a big deal. They're looking ahead to the college football playoffs. There, which I know you shouldn't do, but the, it's a meaningless conference championship for them. The big thing is around the corner, and instead they got to play this eager, angry underdog that wants it more than they do. And it's just frustrating because, again, they lose, even if it's close, then that might take them out of that realm. And would that be fair if Michigan loses the conference championship and a team they beat a week ago, Ohio State, jumps ahead of them and gets into the playoffs. Possibly both teams would be included. We'll see how the rest of it works out. And again, they could all win their conference championships, and all this point is moot until next year. Uh, but would that be fair if Ohio State, who doesn't play in a conference championship, who's almost lucky and insulated from that, if uh, if they go on and enter the college football playoffs and Michigan loses to Purdue good or badly, and they're out. Is that fair? Michigan beat Ohio State. Handily beat them at their home. The shoehorn. I don't know. I need your opinion, though. 834-1027. Obviously, the, the easy answer, the Occam's razor, is it's money. It's more football. We should be excited about it. We should want it. But I, I just don't think the looking for money, looking for more football is ethical. And I don't think it's a system that gives us the best team as the champion. Okay, sure. Cinderella's and underdogs are fun in basketball, in football. No, I want to know who's the best because anyone can have one bad game. You shouldn't be punished for that at all during the season. And I do like that a two-loss LSU had a chance at getting in the top four. Unfortunately, A&M, the Aggies, one last weird, mean revenge took care of that. Um, I don't know. So weigh in 834-1027 at Almost ESPN Radio. CJ Morgan on his own today. Uh, my friend, my co-host, Jason Dick, doing the greeny thing. Just 
staying at home, taking all his vacation days. But it's well-deserved, and uh, he'll be back tomorrow. I'll be back tomorrow. And a big announcement tomorrow, by the way. We got some big stuff going on, uh, as well as big stuff coming up later today on 102CJ. That's that's what's, It's just that. 102CJ. Life goes on without me, because Now back to Almost Sports with CJ on 1027 ESPN. That's right. CJ Morgan, Almost Sports, alone today. No co-host doing this solo unless you, you're out there. How do I get you alone with me here on the radio? I know 512-834-1027 at Almost ESPN Radio. We're about to talk uh, a little bit of the Jerry Jones controversy. Like I said, controversy or details. I sound like an actual sports presenter. Uh, let's pop on over to our Twitter at Almost ESPN Radio at Almost ESPN. If you want to follow us, if you want to be a friend, hey man, we want you too. So uh, way in there. And we have a couple people saying what's up so far. A Florida man, Kyle, wants to know if uh, I need a draft nemesis. You know, Thursdays are draft day, and we usually do some sort of nonsensical draft and vote on it. You know what, Florida man, Kyle, I might take you up on that. And Zach from New Braunfels wants to know, because we run public service announcements, the reason is... Because it's the end of the year and it's important for people not to text and drive. It's important people that save Brad from being buzzed and make sure he gets a uh, ride home. So you need to know these things. Uh, Zach from New Braunfels wants to know, uh, what's with the submarine lady PSA? It says the submarine crashed and they almost died. But it was an amazing experience and she wouldn't trade it for the world. He also adds, that sounds like a nightmare of a way to die. I would never get on a sub again. Now, that uh, public service announcement is about the STEM program, which you can look up uh, from there. And, of course, the lady is saying, oh, we had a technical issue in the sub at the bottom of the sea, but then we fixed it and got going again. But, yeah, dude, I agree with you. One, there are two things I'm never, ever entering. One uh, is a helicopter. Stevie Ray died that way, and I ain't going down like Stevie Ray. Uh, helicopters scare me. No, thank you. Another, a submarine. There, you could not get me in a submarine at all. Even if it was in 10 feet of water in Lake Travis, you can die in a thimble of water. Hell no, no submarine for me. And then, yeah, this is this story that this woman's telling is about being in one and it breaking down and getting stuck. I would go to the top immediately. Screw the bins. I don't care about that. I'm getting the hell out of that submarine and on land and avoiding the sea the rest of my life. That sounds like a nightmarish hellscape. I don't care if it's my job. I'm not doing that. You will never get me in a submarine. Uh, so you can weigh in as well, uh, 834-1027 at Almost ESPN Radio. Uh, let's talk now about Jerry Jones, a bit of controversy, uh, as he was uh, recently a photo surfaced of Jerry Jones uh, with a crowd of young white students 
I believe at Arkansas when uh, when uh, I think it was Brown Board uh, Brown versus Board of Education maybe I don't remember the exact Supreme Court ruling but uh, separate but not uh, separate but equal was turned down and found not to be equal at all. So a lot of black students were being integrated into uh, schools across the United States, particularly in the South, where there had been a myriad of problems going even before the Civil War that lasted all the way up, still into our lifetime today. Uh, but when this happened, there were obviously, you know, it had there were famous photos from this at universities all across the country, particularly in the South. Uh, but Jerry Jones was at this one. And you have a couple of menacing, angry white students right up front, uh, clearly there to block the black students from entering the university, from being integrated in their campus. And then in the background, you got Jerry Jones. Now, I don't want to play devil's advocate for Jerry, even being a Cowboys fan. The dude's an asshat um, in many, many ways. His stance with uh, Colin Kaepernick, his stance with, with a lot of things, being an owner of an NFL team and working with so many African-American uh, people from your from the bottom up, from, from your team to uh, recruiting to drafting to people in the front office to everyone. He's just kind of had that old, rich, white guy, southern man kind of thing in a, in a lot of ways. And has he grown out of that bit? Will he? Uh, should we blame him for something that happened way in the past? And that's kind of what he's saying is, you know, I was young. I was interested to see. And the photo does kind of seem he's not making an angry face. He, he looks like he's just trying to see what's happening. But regardless, he was there. And whether you want to, you know, go with Jerry's angle, which I, which I kind of do believe. I understand that. You want to see what's happening. You're there in the crowd. But that's still intimidating. You have to look at it from the other perspective that he's in a sea of uh, white students who do not want their school integrated. And the, the interesting thing, even on this show, uh, is you haven't heard a lot of talk about it in the media. You haven't heard a lot of talk about it in uh, in in sporting press compared to other issues. And, and one of them is Kyrie Irving. Now, the reason we don't touch on Kyrie a lot and, and his crap is my policy with him is simple. When he came out as a flat earther, I was done. I'm like, I'm not talking. I don't care about that dude. I'm not going to. I'm done. Flat earth. I'm done. Uh, but LeBron James held a, uh, he didn't hold a press conference, but at the end of his press conference, uh, had some interesting things to say. And I kind of want to get your take on that. Uh, I got one question for you guys before you guys leave. I was thinking when I was on my way over here, I was wondering why I haven't gotten a question from you guys about the Jerry Jones photo. But when the Kyrie thing was going on, you guys were quick to ask us questions about that. Okay. Um, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. And I don't even want you guys to say nothing. When I watched Kyrie talk and he says, I know who I am, but I want to keep the same energy when we're talking about my people and the things that we've been through. And that Jerry Jones photo is one of those moments that our people, black people, have been through in America. And I feel like as a black man, as a black athlete, as someone with power and a platform, when we do something wrong or, or something that people don't agree with, it's on every single tabloid, every single news coverage. It's on the bottom ticker. It's asked about every single day. 
but it seems like to me that the whole Jerry Jones situation photo, and I know it was years and years ago, and we all make mistakes. I get it. But it seemed like it's just been buried under, like, oh, it happened. Okay, we just, we just move on. And I was just kind of disappointed that I haven't received that question from you guys. Appreciate it. And he's not wrong, okay? Jerry Jones is hated by many people, even in the press. Uh, so it is interesting that maybe that was uh, sort of buried. Your take at Almost ESPN Radio on Twitter, 834-1027. Hang around. So much more coming up. And, of course, you can be with me on the show because, again, I'm all alone. Now back to Almost Sports with Jason and CJ on 1027 ESPN. All alone by myself today, but I've got you. 512-834-1027 at Almost ESPN Radio. More to come on the show. As a matter of fact, I'm going to have our soccer insider, Tom Wolf, call him uh, call in. One of the men who were instrumental in bringing the MLS to Austin, uh, to getting Austin FC founded, grounded, and part of uh, where they are. And I'm going to ask him some questions about the World Cup. We're going to talk Austin FC. But also, I just want to get his expertise on how and why Americans just aren't clicking, why we just don't love soccer and what we can do. To perhaps change that, or if it even matters. What's most important is he has a British accent. So we're going to do that, but on to the NFL right now. Uh, Tonight's game, Buffalo taking on New England. A lot of fun happening because every team in that division could make the playoffs. It is one of the better ones with New England, Buffalo, the Jets. Yes, I said the Jets. And even the Dolphins looking hot. So finally, Thursday night football, we got something good on Amazon Prime Video. Maybe this is going to make well uh, for Bezos' investment. Buffalo, the consensus best team, the Super Bowl frontrunner at the beginning of the year. A few stumbles here and there, a lot of injuries, but still uh, one of our favorites on the show. And, uh, of course, uh, one of the um, teams that we've we've kind of hit on and talked about all year regardless of their bad losses um, or record, even losing, you know, to uh, a couple of lowly teams, losing to the Minnesota Vikings. But still, the caliber uh, that could win the AFC easily and make it to the Super Bowl, and I like them in the underdog role. I like a Buffalo team with their fans at a tailgate diving off of a ladder onto a flaming table. There's something WWE heel about it. They're the bad guys. And they should be. When you're talking about Josh Allen being the MVP, when you're talking about the Bills winning it all, it's not fun that way. But now uh, they're in a good place, except for they're going to New England to play Bill Belichick. They also, I believe, end the season uh, New England going to Buffalo. Steven Diggs, man, he uh, is going to have a game tonight. And hopefully I don't play him in fantasy football. So it's going to be an important one. 715 Amazon Prime Video. More NFL discussion. When I'm looking at the standings, I'm thinking, man, anything can happen here. And then I look at the Cowboys, who in the in the conference, oh my goodness, uh, they're number three. They're the third best team. They have the best point differential, plus 92, in the NFC. 
That's above the 10 and 1 Eagles, the 9 and 2 Vikings, who they beat, the two teams ranked by record above them. They're number three. However, the way the stupid NFL works, they have to win their conference, or I'm sorry, their division to get a top four, uh, a top four, but play basically playoff uh, home advantage for the first game to be top four. Um, instead, they're at the head of the wild card pack. The way the playoffs work, they're thrown down into six. And you have possibly the five and six Buccaneers or the five and seven Falcons, depending on who wins the garbage NFC South, is going to get home field advantage. Whereas the Cowboys, my Cowboys, not fair. Uh, they're being they're being stuck on the road. They're being stuck as a wild card team. I don't like it, and something needs to change. We'll get back to more. Weigh in with me. Talk with me. 834-1027 at Almost ESPN Radio. Ooh, la, la, la.